this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, please contact Nexus Church. But um, you've got your Bibles with you tonight. We're going to be going through Acts chapter 4. We're going to get straight into this. And um, we're going to be um, looking at Acts chapter 4 from the perspective of the call of a disciple. And um, just as I've been unpacking this over the last week, you know, God has just revealed there's been so much revelation again of God's love in my life. And my prayer leading up to tonight is that that would be the same for you as well that God will just reveal more of his love to you tonight in just such a, an, an amazing new way that you get to encounter him and leave here tonight and stream tonight differently. Like I said, Acts chapter 4, we're going to be looking at the disciples. Now the disciples, they were, they were people of God and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, they're empowered to carry out the Great Commission. You know, like anybody that's a, a little bit biblical in Matthew chapter 28, you know, it's, so Pastor Nathan, next level biblical, I'm getting there, working it, making it happen. Matthew chapter 28, take your notes, anyone write that down? But in Matthew tw- chapter 28, Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples. I love that there's a going and there's a making. It's putting God's word into action. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I love one, one of our, um, the greatest evangelists of our time, Billy Graham. I love his definition of a disciple. He said that it's simply someone who believes and seeks to follow Jesus in their daily life. Putting God's word into action. There it is again. Putting God's word into action. Seeking to live the way Jesus Christ wants us to live. And I love how he tied it up. He said at the end, with God's help. Because sometimes we can think of discipleship, oh my gosh, um, how am I, I going to be a good disciple? How am I going to disciple other people? But the pressure valve, the pressure gauge is taken off. It's with God's help. God wants to partner with us in this life of discipleship. God is right there with us. Acts chapter 4, it talks about the persecution of Peter and John. You know, and it was a common experience for people, for, for God's people in the Bible. They faced hostility, they faced opposition. And Jesus himself, he faced persecution to the cross. And he said to his disciples, look, this is going to be the same treatment for you. Oh, yes, sign me up. I want to be a part of that. I want to be persecuted for you, Jesus. But it was pretty hectic. Jesus was like, look, it's, going to, it's happening to me. I'm going to be persecuted. The same is going to happen to you. But... Jesus said, it does get better. The Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit is going to be coming. And that's what we're going to touch on tonight as well as we unpack this. Acts chapter 4, verse 5 and ten, five to 10 and 13 and 14. Just a little bit of background again. Peter and John, they're brought before a Sanhedrin. And, some of the, and you, the Bible scholars that, that are a part of our team, we have an incredible team of that. Just, we are a church that loves the Word of God. And I looked up some commentaries, you know, so... It said when Peter and John were brought before the Sanhedrin, so that was like the council or elders or rabbis, they would have from 23 to 71 appointed judges to sit in, on a tribunal court. So this was a pretty, pretty imposing time. This was at next level. You know, the day before, they'd, 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 they were talking about, um, Peter and John, they were talking about the resurrection in the name of Jesus. And then they were thrown in jail and we just pick up from the next day. The next day, verse 5, 
The next day, the rulers, elders, teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there. So was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, others of the high priest family. This was some pretty heavy hitters for these guys at the time. would have been pretty intimidating. That Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? There was power and there was a name. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame, this guy couldn't walk, and a being couldn't walk properly, he was lame, and being, and, and being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, a total dis, this total disrespect, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Lord God, I just pray that tonight, It would just reveal your heart to us, reveal our hearts, Lord God, and we'd be transformed by the power of your word. We thank you so much, Lord God. We thank you for the authority and love and truth and power in your word, Lord. We just pray, Lord God, that you'd be glorified tonight as we read through the scriptures, Lord God, and give you glory, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, there was power and there was a name. But what name and what power did you do this? I love this. Peter, verse 10. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just bang. Just drops it down. Whom you crucified, by the way. Whom God raised from the dead. Oh, my gosh. Peter was just on fire. Peter was just on fire. By what power and what name? You know, when someone uses your name, you know, you, you feel... Like there's, a, there's a validation. It actually makes you feel great. It's like, it's like you have been seen and you are known. It's pretty powerful when you are seen and you are known. When somebody knows your name, it's pretty powerful. And that's what we see here, a little demonstration of that. And sometimes, you know, there, there might be someone who tries to take advantage of a name. There's a name drop here, a name drop there. I'm, just, I'm trying to get to someone. I'm, I'm going to use this name dropping thing to my advantage and try and work my way up the ladder to try to do this. Maybe I'm in, in work or in something. I don't know where it might be, but it's sort of a bit of a gray lane to try to continue to name drop to, for your own agenda. It's, it's, it's kind of ugly-ish type thing. But when somebody's name or their title is used to honor them, that is special. That is powerful. It's not the amount of letters that's in front of your name, but when there is someone in, in, with a title, with an authority, and you honor that person, you esteem them, you lift them up, that's a great thing. You build them up because of the hard work and the discipline they have gotten to get into that position, but just out of respect and love for that person, you honor them. You know, Peter had a boldness and a confidence. The religious leaders, they realized that there was, a, there was power and there was a name. The last thing that they would have wanted to hear was the name of Jesus because they just wiped him out. They just gotten rid of him. They're like, sweet, we're not going to hear this name Jesus again. But here, Peter, they're like, what was the power and what's the name? Peter turns, he's like, Peter just backhand, just slap, slap, slap. That's right, the name of Jesus, the one whom you crucified, that's the name. 
And then there was a miracle. I mean, these guys, these religious scholars and religious leaders at the time, the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the power of Jesus' name. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in the power of the name of Jesus. They just thought, man, we've gotten rid of that name Jesus. But they couldn't, they couldn't actually um, go against the fact that this man was standing there and they'd witnessed a miracle. You know, but leading up to this, Peter, man, he... <laughs> He blew it like three times. He denies Jesus. I don't know how he would have felt, but just before Jesus goes to the cross, Peter denies him. We read about that. Peter denies him not once, not twice. Peter denies him three times. And he thought, man, I've blown it. I've stuffed it. But we read here, God loved him so much. God loved him so much. God wanted to use him. God wanted to use Peter the rock. God wanted to use him. It was, it, I'm not sure where you are tonight. You may feel like, man, I've blown it. I've stuffed it. I'm too far gone. It's too late. But we read here, Peter, God used him mightily because of God's love and because God wanted to use him. It's the same with us here tonight. When we have blown it, we're not too far gone. It's never too late. We see here, we read in this story in, in, in chapter 3 of Acts, there was 5,000 men who believed in the story besides women and children. 5,000 men believed in the name of Jesus. This is Peter who denied Jesus three times. Now 5,000 are believing in the name of Jesus. God's using him mightily, but even despite the fact that he blew it. God loved him so much. He's like, come on, keep going, keep going. There's going to be the challenges. There's going to be the fears. There's going to be the peaks. There's going to be the troughs. When we come with a heart of praise, a heart of worship, a thankfulness, a gratefulness to the name that is above every other name, there is power in that name for every situation. He's always there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I love Peter. He, just, he relied on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is essential for us spreading the good news. The presence and the power of God is essential for us to live this life as a disciple. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, had a confidence and a boldness that blew the religious scholars away. It blew them away. They were astonished. And it was because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. There might be times where you ask yourself, man, is, is this what I want? And then on the other scale, end of the scale, it's like, is this what my family wants? Is this what my husband or my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my friend, my colleague, my kids, my, my, my schoolmates? Is this what God has called me to do? Because at the end of the day, relying on the Holy Spirit is crucial, it's important, and it's powerful. Not just for you, but for those that are around you. We can wait for that answer from the Holy Spirit. And that's, the, that's what God is wanting for us on this journey of discipleship, this journey of life. Sometimes we get a, 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 a quick um, an answer straight away. There'll be a quickening or, or that word will come into fruition. Quite, you know, there'll be a confirmation that can, sometimes, that can come through a lot quicker when we pray for something or we, we pray for someone or there's a blessing that's come into our life. But then there's other times when the Holy Spirit, we just wait. We wait on the Holy Spirit. He's such a gentleman. 
He just knocks on our heart gently, leads us, guides us. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 26, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Advocate, a person who puts a case on someone else's behalf, the Holy Spirit is here on behalf of Jesus. You know, these guys were in an, in an unstable environment. It was total hectic being in front of that sort of a council. It would have been so intimidating. But what was inside when they were questioned? What came straight out of Peter's mouth was a reliance upon the Holy Spirit. They were not in a stable environment. Now, what's deep inside of us at times when we face a challenging moment? I know that sometimes the stuff that can come out or wants to come out, I cannot stay while I'm on here on the platform. I've got to keep this PG. You know, sometimes the language or the thoughts, it might not be what you want to hear. But can we start to build a habit into our life where praise comes out, when we're relying on the Holy Spirit, that the first thing that comes out, is praise and honour through the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we can talk ourselves out of our dreams. We can talk ourselves out of, you know, the, the thing that we have been called to, that area in life that we've been called to. We can talk ourselves out of it. We can build up the evidence that tries to stop us from going forward. And sometimes we can feed that negativity. It's like, don't expect too much from me. I'm only this way and I'm only that. Peter could have easily said, don't expect anything from me. I've blown it. I've stuffed it. I've denied Jesus three times. God, don't expect to use me again. And we can make an excuse to act the way that we do and just say, this is my lot in life. I have an excuse because of my past. I have an excuse because where I've been. I have an excuse because of where I've come from. And I've done this before. It's an absolute nightmare. It's a shocker. Do we want to live a life where we validate our feelings for our reality? Do we want to be controlled by our feelings? You know, sometimes when it comes to feelings, it can, it can be like, man, I'm so tired, but you can be on fire. And then there's other times when it's just like, man, they, that, that person, or you feel like you're on top of the world, and, but so lonely. You don't want to be led by our feelings. You know, our history is not our destiny. The history in the past is great. We honor the history and we build on the history. We learn from the history. I'm not talking about it from that perspective of a legacy, but the history where things haven't gone quite right. It's like, man, what has happened? What has happened? My feelings are about what has happened. But it's not necessarily about what's happening. It's about what's to happen. Our praise sets up our expectation. We can live in expectation. We can praise before we get to, to get to actually see the evidence of the finished product because of who Jesus is. We just, I just mentioned earlier, Peter, he, he made mistakes. He made mistakes. He stumbled. He fell. But he relied on the Holy Spirit. He didn't deny the Holy Spirit. Rely, don't deny. I was like, Wayne, rely, don't deny. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Do not deny the Holy Spirit with this choice. 
And I love it, Peter, he gave God the glory. You know, sometimes um, a winning coach, after, after a sporting match, you know, the coach gets interviewed, there's um, the press conference there, and it's like, oh, coach, you've done this, you've done that, coach, you're so awesome, blah, 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 coach, you're the, you've won the game, not for the Broncos at the, at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, the coach gets put on this pedestal, and then the more the coach hears that, how great he is, how great he is, that's just being, he's just feeding and feeding and feeding on that. It's like, oh, hang on a sec. Forget the rest of the team, yeah. Far out, man. I'm fucking, I am pretty, I'm pretty proud. I can start to feel a little bit selfish. Man, look at all, everything that I'm achieving. Look at all my own achievements. And the fact of the matter is, that sort of attitude tries to creep into our lives. Oh, man, years ago, I remember um, playing soccer and it was the same thing. We had a, we had a phenomenal team and it, that was it. It was a phenomenal team. And we would always pass the ball to this one guy to score goal after goal after goal after goal. And then eventually this guy went from celebrating with the team to then celebrating by himself to then thinking, oh, man, he's a bit of a superstar. And it was just the ugliest transition. It was the ugliest transition from a team to an individualistic mindset where this person turned from somebody who, had, who loved people and cared for people to then just turning into a person that was so selfish and so proud, just so focused on their own doing. It was the ugliest picture ever. It was a nightmare. That person was me. But, <laughs> yeah. but God is love. He's always always trustworthy because of who he is. You know, when we treat someone kindly, no matter how they treat us, we're actually showing a godly characteristic, a nature of God, and God is being glorified in that. We bring glory to God when we share Jesus. You know, when we witness and we share our faith, God is glorified in the way that we treat people, no matter how they treat us, in our worship, in our lifestyle, when we pray, when we serve, when we read his word and meditate on it, when we share the gospel, God is glorified. Can we build a habit into our lives? Well, we're giving God the glory for the little things. Yes, we may have some big prayers answered, but can we build a culture into our lifestyle, in our everyday personal life, our devotion to God? We're just giving God the glory for the little things, for the little things, for, for waking up, for clothes, for food, for, to be able to have toothpaste and toothbrush, just the little things in the midst of every situation. You know, these, the, the disciples, they, they weren't in an ideal situation, Peter and John. They were not in an ideal situation, but they still gave God the glory. Verse 9, if we're being called in account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. So cool. Tony, do you want to just come up? Man, we'll just, we're going to be finishing up soon, man. And the last point here tonight, like there's, there's, been, there's power and there's a name. There's a reliance, relying on the Holy Spirit. We give God the glory. And the last point tonight is that as ordinary as you are, as ordinary as you may feel, 
God uses the ordinary to achieve the extraordinary. You know, the disciples, they were labeled, you know, in verse 13. They were labeled as unschooled, ordinary. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I'm not sure about you, but I know that I have at times, but have you ever felt unschooled? Have you ever felt ordinary, unqualified, uneducated, clueless, with nothing interesting to offer, nothing exceptional about yourself? Have you just felt like a common everyday person, not special at all? Have you ever felt empty-headed? I know I have. But they saw their courage. They saw their courage. Peter and John had the ability to do something that potentially could have taken their life. But there was a strength. There was a resolution. There was a tenacity in the face of extreme difficulty. Peter made a choice to make a change, to make a difference. This ordinary guy that, that turned his back on Jesus three times, he, God still wanted to use him. God still loved him so much. 5,000 men, their lives were changed, not including the women and the children, everybody else. But he made a choice to make a change, to make a difference. He made a choice to make a change, to make a difference. Unschooled, ordinary label put on them. You are extraordinary. You are God's masterpiece. The supernatural wants to intervene with your natural. There's power and there's a name. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Give God the glory. Because God wants to use the ordinary to do the extraordinary. Everybody just bow your head and just close your eyes for a moment. So if you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your life, into your heart, you've never invited Jesus into your heart, or you may have before, and tonight you're just saying, you know what, Nipe, I just, I'm, I'm really at that point where I want, I want a refreshing I want the Holy Spirit to fill me again. I want to rely on the Holy Spirit. I've walked away. I've made, I feel like I'm too far gone. I feel like I could never come back. But we see, we read just earlier tonight that God loved Peter so much. God used him mightily again and again and again. God loved him so much. And it's the same with you. He loves you so much. And if you're here tonight, if you're watching the stream at home or in a hub with some friends, you can respond in your own way, whether it's just putting your hand on your heart or just closing your eyes or just putting your hands out tonight. I just want to pray right where you are that you'd have an encounter with the the presence and the Holy Spirit tonight, that you'd sense God's forgiveness, you'd sense his love, you'd sense his mercy and his grace for you again. So, Father, as hearts are responding to you tonight, 
Lord, I just pray that they would just know and sense your forgiveness. They would sense your mercy. They would sense your overwhelming love. They would know that it's a presence right there, the presence of the Holy Spirit. A forgiveness just flowing into them right now, Father. A love like never before, Father. Just meeting them right where they're at. Lord, I pray as they receive you tonight, Lord God, that tonight there would be a tangible exchange of your love where there's been doubt and fear and negativity and, and, and thinking that they're too far gone. No, Lord, that there would just be so much forgiveness and love just poured into their lives right now, poured into their hearts. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying, Lord God, for those responding tonight. Thank you for dying for their sins. Lord, that they would just know that they can just lay them down at the cross and just receive, just receive your love, receive your forgiveness wherever they're at, Lord God. Meet them where they're at on the journey. We thank you, Father. And Lord, for each and every one of us here tonight in the auditorium, watching the stream, Lord God, that have had an encounter with you, we want a fresh anointing, a fresh encounter with you again. Father, we want to rely on your Holy Spirit. We trust your name. We trust your power. We give you all the glory, Father. You want to use us, the ordinary, to do the extraordinary. And we give you all the glory for that, Father. We thank you for your word, Lord. Pray that it just stirs our hearts tonight and as we go into our week. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Just have your way, Lord God. Jesus, wonderful name. Amen.